Shut up and sit down. Cyclists are incredible athletes as far as endurance goes, but a great deal of them fight in the globe. Speedos. Not only do Speedos offer very little protection for your manly or womanly bits, but they also look wrong. Yes, it'll prevent you from getting farmers' tan lines, but no. That's not a valid excuse. If you want to do group rides without everybody trying to drop you, steer well clear of speedos. You are far less likely to end up being arrested for indecency or severely reducing your ability to start a family. You are listening to Lay Podcast Day Dialed with Matt Lee Grand, Evan Price, Lance Hepler, and Jake Von Duren. Five-time Tour de France champion, Bernard Hinault, once said something that you should really chew on. You can't win without suffering. Whether it's in the mountains or in a time trial, you have to spare no effort. You may feel drained at the finish, but the joy of winning helps you forget everything. Viva Lay Tour. Hi, and welcome back to the Dial Podcast. I'm Jake Vondering, and I'm here with Lance Epler. Hi, I'm Lance. Just Lance. That's it. Just Lance. With, without the mustache, you're just I'm Lance. Without, without the mustache, there's, all, there's no more romance. There's no magic. There's no magic. Wait, wait, wait. I thought you lost the mustache, therefore the romance came back. That's, the, that's what my wife... You, it says you she probably loves me without the mustache, and I hate. But now it. you're already on. Un- you're already unshaven. I, I know. <laughs> like, this was, was like, six days ago. Six, six days ago, I shaved off the you mustache. Already, you already, and I already don't look good. <laughs> I already regret it. I already regret it. I like it. I'm just gonna go out there, go buck the trend, and say you should uh, mix it up. He looks, once in a while. Mix it up. He looks. Throw he looks like out. a Florida retiree right now. He's got like the little that's, white, like sun bleached hair, like that's slightly unshaven. You know. So I raced this weekend with a huge group of people who know me so many people did not recognize who oh, yeah. I was absolutely they're like oh wait a second is that you You're Lance that same guy I'm the same guy without the facial hair right. need to get you like a little glue on or like a prosthetic <laughs> mustache <laughs> <laughs> so I can show up the races, races and just exactly glue it on gotcha. to his right Evan Price I am I am getting I am getting my my booty handed to me in fantasy right now again How are you I got a bone to pick with you. About I was that. even making as safe picks as I possibly could, except for one. And there was like, I, I mean, went I'm, with I'm just getting destroyed. Picks I'm just getting destroyed in this right now. It's awful. This is terrible. Yeah. Oh well. <laughs> Dustin Shockin is destroying us all. If anybody's been looking, Jake had Jake had a good, great first day yeah. or two. But yeah, I'm well, second on the list. I think. <clears> yeah. I, that list. I do yeah. not have a picked team because I followed the link that Evan gave me, oh, and yeah. it put me into a league. By myself, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm winning my league. You're winning, but you're also I'm, losing. You're also okay, that, place. that's a shame because I, I think I sent the correct link to everybody else. So that was not on purpose. Thanks but I'm a lot, very Evan. glad I did that. I am in the dialed cycling league. Oh my! And bad. I'm I'm that now winning it. <laughs> It's because just you I'm and Evan, Evan, right? And Evan didn't, and pick, Evan a didn't pick a team. Oh, I picked oh. my team for the podcast yes. one. I thought I sent everybody the podcast. Whoops. Well, that's funny. That's everybody. That's okay. But we can just so translate now, Lance's exact results now, to. You said, yeah. men, you might be able to 
do that. You might actually be able to go in there and retroactively take the team that he picked in the other league, put it could. in there. You have but, to just look into it, though. But do I want to do that? Well, is the question. <laughs> it's, it's a little different because the budget was bigger, and so you didn't you you could oh, pick I do almost that. for the bigger one. I gave a bigger. You budget. could pick yeah. almost any you could, player you wanted. How many riders is it? Eight or six? it is. So eight. he could pick yeah. all the way up until the budget doesn't make sense, and then you can go in there and, and finesse it. Yeah. Find mm-hmm. somebody that makes it work. Instead, anyway. uh, it just now the tour just doesn't. It's not as exciting for me because I don't have. You should probably not even money watch. on me. I don't think I'm going to watch anymore. Yeah, turn it off. <laughs> There's tons of other good things that you can watch. <laughs> yeah, so the only swimming, <laughs> the gymnastics trials. I just which was which was super exciting though. Did anybody see like like? At least I remembered she was a gymnast. We were we were watching that last night, and there's like. In the gym, uh, we're getting so off topic, but like gymnastics, they're like an entire floor routine is like somebody's entire careers on the line that's for right. one floor routine. <laughs> yep, Some true. poor girl, like a massive, what looked like a high ankle sprain or fracture or something like that from one of the tumbling things. Like, this is so high pressure. The Tour de France, you got 21 days to screw up and, you know, like readdress. <laughs> gymnastics, you got 90 seconds for your life right there. <laughs> like 18 years of training. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. Right. And your exactly. career's done right after that. You, yeah, oh, you yeah. are ancient by the time you're 18 in that yeah. sport. If you're 22, yeah, you're, you're done. done. You're yeah, done. you're over. <laughs> and the one and only Matt Legrand. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? I totally forgot that we were even doing intros. <laughs> Wait, we're still on Wait, intros. We're still on intros? <laughs> yeah. What's up, ladies and gentlemen of the internet? You Guys smell fantastic today. I don't feel good. It's <laughs> the heat, man. Especially if you're in the Pacific Northwest. It, it is. It is toasty hot. It is here. warm here. This is. It's is warm it in the warmer here. here than it is Arizona? Probably. I'll tell you. Yeah. Yes, it but is actually, um, and I can answer that because yeah. we've got family who stayed with us. There you go. And they're visiting from Phoenix. <laughs> yeah. Phoenix is. Phoenix is 106 today. We beat Phoenix today. It's right now in Vancouver, it's 113. I, exactly. Yeah. My car said 114 on the way over. Oh, yep. my gosh. We were something like eight or nine degrees warmer than Phoenix yesterday here. Yeah. I think we – I saw 116. My wife said when she was in the car, she oh saw God. 117. All-time Stupid. records. Crazy. So much humidity training. All right, we got Ryan lots of stuff to talk it. about today. Let's uh, let's jump into the back pedal, run around the, uh, the table here. Um, Matt, you did all kinds of racing over the weekend. How was your racing, Matt? Uh, I watched racing on TV oh, when I watched the tour. That was that's better. Both. That's Very better than similar. actual racing <laughs> and the trials. Um, so much trials. I actually did a lot of swimming. I swam in the Juniper nice. Pool twice. Swam in the uh, what's the river? The Deschutes River twice. So Matt oh, yeah. Matt Legrand is famous. River. I'm gonna I'm gonna do Matt Legrand's back pedal for him yeah, because he didn't get deal. to watch himself. Yeah, so in that triathlon life's YouTube videos, Eric Lagerstrom. Um, Matt made an appearance. So did his children. Uh, Matt, Matt, Matt was fine. You know, he was jumping in the water and swimming or whatever. Yeah. But Nate. more importantly, Dash launched. Or no, it was Ethan. Ethan launched a rock across a like cool creek probably, in slow motion. Probably in aiming video. at Dad. Probably aiming at Prob- Dad. <laughs> probably throwing it at Matt. You? And it has already gotten thousands of views. So Matt is officially not the most famous person in his family now. That's not saying much. No, <laughs> it was a very low bar, but, but Ethan Nesser passed you. Yeah, I swam with uh, Nate Ansbaugh and Eric Lagerstrom and Paula and uh, a couple of other guys, Andy and um, another guy named Jesse, who is uh, works at the Specialized Wind Tunnel. He's super cool. Is that Jesse wow. Frank? Uh, yeah. I was think he so. was he a Colorado try guy? I don't know, but he is. He, was he fast, said he qualified right? for worlds. Yeah, he was fast. So he um, works at this. Yeah, I think it's Jesse Frank. Mm-hmm. Uh, he works at the Specialized Wind Tunnel, which is what a cool job that is, right? It's like the top wind tunnel for cycling in the entire world. 
And uh, wow. he gets like wind tunnel time to do whatever he wants to. I think that's the way I think of it. But <laughs> but yeah, so um, we were swimming and, you know, everyone was faster than the two of us. And so I floated back with him and he and I just chatted about whatever. He's, he was doing the five day gravel grinder. The Oregon Trail gravel grinder. Yep. yep. He was in town for that. Wow. Which was cool. super cool because yeah. he's from California. And uh, yeah. And so I visited uh, Sun River with the family and it was great. I only did a couple of rides while I was there. And I mostly kind of stuck close to Sun River. I didn't do anything too crazy. So, backpedal, done. Racing, no, not so much. (laughs) Awesome. How about you, Evan? How was your week? I I mostly watched racing as well. Um, Did Did you take, like, a recovery week? No, 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 I, no, I, no, no, no. As as me and Matt were talking, uh, Des Moines, De, I only De, did forty. Des Moines did not take anything physically out of me, considering it was probably a lower volume week than anything else and intensity. So I ramped back up this week. Felt good. Kept everything. You know, I I actually did try to get some actual heat training and like real real heat training, which on Saturday I was really regretting that decision because I was like, okay. I know the track's going to be hot on Saturday, so we're going to go do a tempo run on the track and try to simulate what it felt like in Des Moines, and it still felt bad. So yep, running, ima- running, fast, running fast on boiling tracks is not fun, but we did it again today, this morning, and I kept a bunch of young children alive by dousing them in ice water the entire time, and myself alive by just trying to not run as fast. So <laughs> there you go. worked out pretty well, actually. Um, Dave and Whisper Running are absolute champs. We were done by 9 a.m. Dave started his crew at 9 a.m., and it was hot by 9 a.m. on the track. Did you do the track in down by the Hudson, college? Hudson Bay, yeah. Hudson Bay okay. Yeah, yeah, that's, that, that, that's where me and Dave both do those workouts. And it's, um, oh, it's fun, cool. but it's warm. It was warm today. It's a nice today. black track, right? Yeah. Very black. Very probably could have probably scrambled an egg on the track Toast. It by was like probably 9 a.m. It was probably 90 when you started. Yeah, it got up to about that 95, 96. It was probably about 100 when the Whisper Running probably. group started. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When, when we were, I, I did some 200s to end, and 200 was about as far as I wanted to go at that point with how warm it was. So um, outside of that, I just caught up on the trials, which was so much fun to watch. We have a lot oh of fast gosh. young people in this country right now. When the Olympics come around, we'll just do like an Olympic session on here. There are so many really, really fast did you watch the 1500? Yes. Men's 1500? Cole Hawker. He is beat fast. Matt Sinchewitz, who was the gold medalist. Wait, I Olympics. didn't see the final. Did we're he? Blow, we're going to blow it for you. Please. Cole Hawker won. He, he won. won. And they've what? been smack talking on Yeah. Twitter. And he beat Sinchewitz. He beat Sinchewitz. Yeah. Who's yeah. the defending Cole, Olympic champion. champion. Cole was yes. blocked in. And Matt, you've watched a lot more track than I have over here, but we, we've both watched a lot wait, of track. Wait, wait, That's the best move in a 1500 I, I've ever seen. He was boxed in and somehow got out. It was amazing. Is this the 18-year-old? No, 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 no. That's oh. um, Kessler. Okay, yes. Cody Kessler. Did he make the team? Yeah. He didn't make the finals. Oh, oh no, he didn't he, make the finals. He did take a pro contract he was running with very Adidas. Well. He was running very, very he, well. Yeah, okay. I yeah. thought. Yeah, he did mm-hmm. well. That would be the but dream yeah. team if he made. If he made like and then got third or something. U UP has um, uh, Woody Kincaid won the 10K and also made the Olympic oh, team yeah. in the 5K. So Both. local guy from the Pacific Northwest. Uh, he's from Colorado originally, but college guy from here. Yep, trains with Bowerman Group. Yep, and is really fast at running. And on a track. also, um, Grant Fisher. Grant too. Fisher. Yeah, yeah, I like those two. Kara Winger, the uh, javelin thrower from Vancouver, Washington. Yes, really I saw that. Went to Skyview yep. High School. She made her fourth there, Olympic team. There was yeah. a gymnast. There was a gymnast too from Vancouver. Um, oh my God, I, I just watched her last night. I forgot her name. Oh, I feel really? so bad. This is not a gymnast podcast, so I don't feel that bad. But 
we have two Olympians from Vancouver. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Look at that. Portland, what do you have, huh? Mm-hmm. Probably probably quite a few, actually, because yeah, yeah, I think yeah. a, lot, a lot from the <laughs> track and field. I'm pretty but, sure that Bowerman group. Uh, but we're chasing them. <laughs> so we're, so right, we're, we're right neck, there. Neck and <laughs> neck. Neck and neck to Van Portland. <laughs> yep. That Bowerman group's got like 30 Olympians we just, right now. We just need Dr. Handel now to make the cycling team, and there you go. We got number three. There we go. There you go. Oh, he's yeah. Portland. No, no, he's wait. Portland. We can't have him make that. Yeah, <laughs> no, wait, 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 wait. Guy Van. We need Guy Van to make the team. We thought we wanted Handel to make the team. No, no, no. Handel, no. I'm cheering against you now. He was and he was close too. Let's go, let's go, Guy Van. Between those two, I'm sure USA Cycling is looking at both of them closely. Very so. close. Yeah. <laughs> Lance Epler, you raced what? your bike last. Oh, week. is that what we're doing? Are we still backpedaling? <laughs> was that, I, I don't was know. the Olympic trials all fight of Evans backpedal? Oh, we're not done talking about the Olympic trials. We just got started. <laughs> we just got started. Evan only has a little bit of time here before he's got to go, so he's got to get in all of his zingers. <laughs> uh, I did race my bike yesterday um, up at Mount Hood. I did the six hours of Mount Hood mountain bike event. That's the name of the race. Did you really do six hours? I did not because <laughs> I did it with a teammate. Okay. Me and Sean Martin teamed I up saw together. saw that. That looked really cool. So the idea, um, the, was the it, it was so like cold a out there? six mile, right. It was like a six mile loop and um, you you could do it solo like our own uh, Paul First did sitting uh-huh. across the room. Uh, what's he doing? He's, Paul, he's fixing some bike. Paul, uh, I, I I think preliminarily Paul took seventh place in the wow. in the men's open division. Out of thirty-seven people, that's a very solid finish. Yep. So good for you, Paul. Uh, but me and Sean did the um, uh, the men's or the two-person relay event, eighty-plus division. So our combined ages were less than eighty years old. Whatever. Well, wouldn't it be more oh, than eighty, but under hundred? Yeah, something like that. Okay. I, yeah, more, I'm more than eighty. Come on, math. Come on. You're not. You're, you're not. You're not Dude, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm very disheveled today. <laughs> I don't do well in the heat. I never yeah. have. You look sunburned. <laughs> I am sunburned from the race. Uh-huh. Uh huh. My house is too hot. My AC doesn't work that good. I'm I know. Our, oh my with god, our AC thing. was dead. In in my head, I was like, I think our AC can handle this. Our house was built in like 1920. Why would I think that the insulation no. in our house is going to be able to it's handle this heat? Anyway, so uh, Sean and I got out there and uh, raced well. We did 10 laps uh, between the two of us, and we ended up uh, taking second place in our division. So, Congrats. Yeah, yeah buddy. So we were happy. I bet, to I bet you guys had a good time. That's impressive in the heat for you not being good Although at riding in the heat. You don't either. get to That's hang good. out with him we as don't, much. We didn't get to hang out, really. It was because we were swapping yep. laps. But it, we had like 15 teammates all there racing, so we had a couple of tents up, and everybody had water and and tables and food and drink, and there was shade, and it was yes, it was hot up there. I think it got up to like 94 degrees or something like I that. Mount, I just drove through there. I should have stopped through. over and yeah. just yelled at you. So we had we had a great time. It was a really fun event uh, for me and Sean to do. Sean doesn't have a whole lot of mountain bike racing experience. Right. Yeah. Read that. None. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just started riding, literally, started like, with riding. the past couple months yeah. off-road. Yeah. He just got a bike, right? But he's very fit, yeah. uh, and so... Yeah, I, I, I like his odds to figure it out pretty quick. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he's been riding a little bit of cyclocross. He's got a gravel yeah. bike, and he's yeah. been doing all this stuff. He's been he's riding for a long time. Transitioning to yeah. the mountain bike, and he's doing really well. Yeah, he's doing well, so... But we had it. We had a great time together. So it was a. It was a lot of fun. It hurt a lot. It you, was, are you taking today off? I already rode outside today. You went in the morning. That was smart. It was not really the morning. It was not. It was 100 degrees when you it, started. It was 114. Yeah. On my Wahoo. Is that that's what it said as I was finishing? And I'm like, this is dumb. 
It, it was. It was. How far did you go? Uh, like twenty miles today. Like but, a two bridge loop or something. Yeah, but the uh, it, the race. I think I did like I did six laps, and I think it was like thirty four miles and like five thousand feet of climbing in those thirty four miles. It's a lot of um, climbing. I actually felt good all day. I never really felt bad. My legs felt good. I didn't deal with. I, I think taking a half hour break every nice. half hour was kind of nice to chill out and eat something and it was like a half hour rehydrate. On, half hour off. Well, it was as long as long as it took yeah, you to yeah. do a lap, and and I was doing like thirty five minute laps or thirty six okay. minute laps, and so was Sean doing about thirty six minute laps. Yeah, so he was out climbing me, and I was out descending him. That was about the difference <laughs> between me and Sean. So. He only crashed four times, I think. I did not go. I didn't go down at all, which was it's always good. Fortunate, so it's unusual for you. But yeah, but I'm beat up. My wrists hurt, and my hands are all peeling because it just was. Yeah, because you were sweating a ton, and then you just hard like, on What you. happens to your feet in the humidity? Yeah, that's they ugh. were swelling. My feet yeah. hurt. Yeah, just <sighs> from the swelling. But this anyway. is this is why we live in the Pacific Northwest, not Arizona, though. So yeah, it was a great event. It was. You know, there was 150 racers there, something like that. So it was, it was fun. It was cool. good. Good times. That's it for me. I did some other riding, but whatever. Jake, you got anything for us? Nothing special. Just some standard. Are you still me. biking every day? Oh yeah, I think we're. What am I on? Like 314 or 315 or something like that. Yeah. It's. Are you biking inside? Like uh, when it's this hot? Like what are you gonna? Yeah. Do? I, well, I'm. <laughs> what you gonna do? Exactly. I was supposed to be doing some camping stuff with my son. We were supposed to be out riding mountain bikes, but we decided to punt on that because of the fact that it's just stupid, ridiculous yeah. hot outside. Not be fun. And <laughs> I could have gone and raced with Lance, but I just I passed on the whole thing. I'm taking a little active recovery block. Yeah. So probably a good week to do it. When yep. There's no point in racing. It's in been this amount of nine heat. or ten weeks, so I'm due. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then other than that, just racing vicariously through everybody in the Tour de France who's. Crashing their bikes all the time, and you know, I mean, not want to go race bikes. Me and me, <laughs> me and David have been trading back and forth. I'm so behind on social media that now I find memes really funny, which I know have been around for a super long time. <laughs> but but now I'm finding them funny this year because I also learned how to post a story on Instagram for the first time. <laughs> but David sends me a bunch now, and there are some hilarious Tour de France meme memes. pages. Okay. One one of my favorite ones <laughs> recently was. Is it like a whole Instagram? Cha- oh, like it's just there's multiple. Just memes. There's so okay. one yeah. of them is send it, you, send it my way. You UCI ban has completely eliminated Super Tuck related crashes at this year's Tour de France. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, them banning people putting their forearms on Covered the bars up. has completely eliminated it's crashing cha- in the Tour de France the this game. year. <laughs> it's a so much safer peloton now. Stage three this morning. My goodness. It was pretty crazy. There did were you so many did you see crashes. It yet, Matt? Yep. Everybody yep. saw it, yep. more or less? So I mean, I didn't, I didn't watch all hey, of hey, it. Hey, 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 hey. You want to do this? Champ here. Oh. Okay, let's do this. Champ here. <laughs> can, we, can we just say, like, spoiler alert or something? I don't yeah. know. No, because no, this is coming out on Wednesday. This is coming out on Wednesday. You haven't seen it by the time this comes out. If you're listening going. to us and I happen to be on here, I'm going to spoil everything for, and if I watch it a moment ago, I'm spoiling it. Yeah. <laughs> you're good at So, yes, we had stage three this morning. So far... The best story so far was stage two, uh, Matthew Vanderpool pulling off the win and getting a gap at the end and winning the yellow jersey and his whole emotional, like, Mm -hmm. uh, he just, like, he, like, emotionally crumbled in front of the cameras because it meant so much to him to win the yellow jersey for his, you know, for his grandfather. And his grandfather had has won stages uh, in the Tour de France, but never got the yellow jersey. Correct. Mm-hmm. So it was, um, 
it was kind of cool. Oh, that even his dad has won a stage in the Tour de France and was supposed to wear the yellow jersey, but they screwed it up and they gave the uh, the win to somebody else. And it was hours later that they figured out that the timing or something was off, and then he was awarded the, the yellow jersey, but he didn't get to go stand up on the podium. He did not. Correct. Yeah. So it's a tough family. Very cool that that all happened. Um, pretty pretty exciting that Vanderpool's in the yellow jersey. Stage three, bit of a mess. Tons of crashes, um, many big GC hopefuls. Uh, Grant Thomas went down. Like yeah. with what like, happened to him? I didn't see that. Crash. Dislocated his shoulder. He went down mm-hmm. with a 75 miles to go, crashed, dislocated his shoulder. Reduced it, put it the, back in. The doctor came up to him, popped it back in, and he jumped back on his bike and finished the stage. He went four more hours on a recently dislocated shoulder yeah. and finished the stage. Mark, now, Mark Soler, after what was it, stage one, rode the rest of the stage with two broken elbows. Two broken yeah. elbows <laughs> and is out. Yeah. yeah. Decided not to start um, the next day, reasonably so. But Chris Vernon gr- broke his whole body, and I, I, he actually never fractured, but in. his entire body was bruised. <laughs> the rumor is that uh, Durant Thomas is not going to start tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. We are one step closer to our master start? plan that yeah. Richie's not going to start. Will be the leader Richie of videos at some Wait. point. Carapaz <laughs> still looking good. Carapaz will be Carapaz the guy. Carapaz looks great. R- Richie's yeah. what, like two or three minutes out he's, now or something like that? Yeah, like two three minutes, minutes out. Back. Yeah. Is two he two minutes? I think it's two yeah. minutes. He was so. caught behind a crash. It wasn't his fault. Yeah. yeah. Um, That's still doable. The drink Thomas. He'll be there. He'll be there. It's a long shot. Man's experienced. It also took out. Robert Gessink from yep. Team Jumbo Visma, like one uh, of their major guys. guys. Well, then you let Roglic go down hard, yes. and the entire Jumbo Visma team come back and do a team time trial to only that, lose what a minute twenty. Yeah. Did, wow! I saw him go down there, but did, did they show he how he went hard. down? Yeah, yeah. But it looked like he hit the wheel in front of him or something. Yeah, it yeah. was it was a tap was of wheels, and he went, went straight down. onto his hip. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm surprised he didn't break some because they they were moving quick. It was yeah. not a slow crash, so. He lost some time. Um, so did uh, Pogaccia lost some gotcha. time as well. Pogaccia, Pogaccia crashed, crashed right at the 4K mark, which is ridiculous because yeah. it's the 3K oh, yeah, mark turn. where you don't lose time. And yeah. yeah. So pretty crazy. That finish was just, come on. The finish, you know, so here's the issue with the finish. It was finishing on a very narrow, very sketchy technical. road that the bracers were not happy about no. the oh, really? race organization and how they set it out, what they... Did you see how fast Vanderpool was taking those turns? Like, so <laughs> I was watching that, and I was, I mean, I was having, like, a panic attack for guys in the peloton with how... Like, Matthew Vanderpool hit a corner, I'm pretty sure, going 40 miles an hour. He, like they were going, like, 38.6. But yeah, how awesome Into a corner. He's it's wearing amazing. yellow. He's Matthew oh, freaking he's, he's Vanderpool. Yeah. And he's leading out Cavendish. He's, he's yeah, not cool. Cavendish. Or not Cavendish, but his, I'm sorry. The, Mer- uh, oh, Merlier. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. Cavendish was sitting back there yeah. on his wheel. But anyway, um Everybody but, was sitting back on his wheel. And he it's wasn't even like follow this guy's wheel. He wasn't the last lead out. He was like he pulled off, and there was one more guy. I so, thought he was yeah. going to try and just win at some point. When he came around one of those corners, I'm like, he might just drop the field on that turn. I was like, he's just go for it right, right now. Everybody <laughs> off his wheel. Yeah. <laughs> so that was super exciting to watch. Other than uh, Caleb Ewan and Peter Sagan tangled and both went down. Yeah. Caleb Ewan broke his collarbone. He is out. Mm-hmm. He is Which, pulled wh- out. Which means we can decide here that I was correct. Um, he was going to win the green jersey. I think we can all all, all agree no. with that. So <laughs> Evan wins green jersey. Moving on to the next one. Okay, my podium's looking a little beat up right now, but <laughs> I had him pick to win the stage, and I had him to be my sprinter for the entire tour. He was him looking and so good, Peter. But yeah, he was the quickest guy He's on the out. bike. Yeah, and Peter came out of that unscathed, right? Uh, road rash. Ro- yeah, it looks like unscathed, but he was mad at Caleb. Yeah. <laughs> I'm tell. sure he'll be sore tomorrow. He was pretty mad oh, at Caleb. He'll yeah. be sore, but. 
Caleb hit the ground. That was one of the harder crashes you'll see. Like he hit the ground and skidded a good like. 30 yards, that 40 pile yards. pile up on day one was like one of the nastiest oh crashes. Oh, yeah. Can, when we, Chris can we talk was... about Sign Lady? So, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah sign that's the, Lady. That's the big thing. That's the story yeah. that's it's she, making national. I heard on BBC. Like, I understand I that there there are people defenders saying, like, like we should not go mob mentality after that. And one of my friends was joking with me. He's like, yeah, France France and mobs has a really bad history. If you like it. But, <laughs> but you, how dumb are you? That is amazingly stupid. She's holding a sign that it, it, it's one She's thing. in the wrong direction. Yeah, it's like trying so, to get camera time. So bag yeah. lady, bag lady back in Lance Armstrong's day, not her fault. Bad place, bad time. Lance is swinging the bars back and forth. Not that it's Lance's fault, but it's just so inopportune. His handle catches onto her bag and rips him down. She was so apologetic about that and stayed and made sure, you know, like answered questions. Not her fault. Yeah. Sign lady holds what what looked like roughly like a wood cardboard sign like a very hard sign like six feet into the road yes yeah, she, she wasn't wasn't looking at the cyclist she was looking at the camera she's trying to get camera time for yeah hey mom or grandpa and grandma look and at not me. only Hi, that grandpa and grandma. Grandma, yeah. yeah that's what tony martin is going 30 miles an hour when he hits that he hits the ground and her response instead of at least saying like hey tony are you alive right now are you okay she runs yeah, she fled. Down. She fle- She flees. They, they actually, had to. Tr- the, the authorities had to track her down. I don't think they, they found her yet. Found her no, yet. she's still in the way. Oh, dude. I thought that they did find her. No, no they're no. okay. The organization's going to sue her. Well, no, because because they... we were looking at comments. So I know I know it's like comments is not like good news, but there were comments saying that they found her. So oh, I don't know if that's. I have there's no, no idea what's news true. that she has been found yet. And okay. they are okay, looking no for her news. still. Yeah. yeah. At this point, you flew. You you fleed a, a crime scene, right? <laughs> Well, is that a crime? <laughs> is it a crime? That's so they're gonna sue her. It's not a. I don't think don't it's think a crime. crime. But but here's the thing. So 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 yeah, it's, it's like it's negligence. Yeah. But you fled the scene of like something like that going Inflicting on. Inflicting harm on somebody. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think that could be twisted to a crime. I I completely understand that you can't yeah. charge her with assault. Like assault has to have intention to some or or. But I mean, that's negligence at least. We'll yeah. let them Oof. sort that out. I think I, had, I don't. It I was mean, bad. I think it was a mistake. I don't. Think oh yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not saying like the lady. I'm sure is not like a she's, ill-intentioned person yeah, with trying to hurt somebody. She's probably smart to be hiding because there's a lot of angry people. Yeah. Yep. Oh and yeah. Well, now that you ran, if they for find sure. if they yeah. find out <laughs> what her name is, like, can you imagine? Oh, like, done. what's her social media gonna look like? They're just gonna be not full good. of death threats. I'd yeah. probably get off Correct. of Instagram if I was her. Yeah. Time to time <laughs> to delete the old Instagram. Account. <laughs> time to fold up Facebook. I think it's time. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna want to let that go. But at least your grandma and grandpa got to see her. They're probably so proud. Hi. So proud. Do you think your so grandma proud. and grandpa are like suing her too <laughs> <laughs> for death of emission of character? <laughs> oh, it all turned out. Don't you out hold bad. that sign saying yes to us and then ruin Tony Martin? all turned out so bad so what else happened in the world of sports or is there something else you guys want to talk about uh triathlon stuff there was the quarterly iron man if i'm if i am not the the uh triathlete guy but i believe that sam long took the victory sam long what a guy and it was hot it was like 100 he's a big man too he's like 6'4 175 no he is not oh yeah he's a big dude he's a big guy he's is he no, that no tall lie. he's big they call him the big unit i have stood he next calls to him that. i am six foot he is much taller than he, me all the pictures i've seen him i he he's looks like he's five dude. seven no 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 he's, he's not a big big, big oh, dude. okay and i'm not making that up i've stood next to him and he is much taller than and lionel sanders yeah. is stocky but not as nearly lionel like, sanders is like, not a big human he's being. probably yeah. like five wow eight sam long in 105 degree weather went out and won that race and reset the course record well as a big man I honestly think that Sam Long does really well at that 
like longer distance, which does. doesn't make sense for he a does. guy his age, but he's just set up for it. That that guy knows how to turn it all off and just go really deep. Yeah. Also, second place, Justin Metzler. Congratulations. That's right. a big that's a breakout that's performance. That's a big deal Fantastic. for him. Pedro Gomes in third. Well, and I've met Pedro. Super nice guy, but all nobody would gotta, call do, him like. Are they a, all going to Kona? All three of those? I think so. I think they okay. all three got a Kona slot. That's a pretty big deal. And then the women's field, Carrie Lester, kind of. I mean, not really out of nowhere. Like she's good, but yeah. yeah and then Lindsay, Lindsay Corbin getting back on the Third. podium, running an amazing marathon. She went like three, almost three flat. Yeah, like I, I honestly thought Lindsay Corbin. I thought was like close to retirement. Now she's close, proven that she's definitely yeah. still fast. Is so that probably gets her to Kona too if she wants to uh, yeah. go. Good for her. I hope she does and just like, you know, hangs up right after that. What happened with our teammate Joshua Monda? Josh had a good good day until it was not good. And he was like, so there was about a 40, uh, Jeremiah Romero was telling me there was about a 40 second or 40% DNF rate in this race, which makes sense. Too hot. I mean, it got to like 106 degrees. Did Jeremiah do it? Do the race as well? Yeah, and he finished it. Okay. Good. Champ. Trucked through. And Josh was in great position coming off the bike. He was top 10 amateur overall. And then just like everybody else who had to do, just the cramps hit him. I actually think yeah. he, he was telling me the cramps were happening on the bike. Yeah. And then he was just still able to hold pace and stretch out enough. And then... How do those fast runners, how do they do that? I have no idea. How do they run in 100-degree heat? Justin Metzler ran 247. How do you run that fast? No idea. I don't understand. Sometimes I don't. I I tried in Des Moines to run what they were running, and it was, I died. It's it's impossible. I've had some of my best races in, like, that weather. Yeah, but you're from Alabama. You're made different. I don't think so. I usually usually have some really bad races in hot weather. Like, I had a lot of problems in high school with, like, the heat. Yeah. I don't know. I think you just get lucky or you get used like, to it or something. Because, like, 106 degrees for an Ironman yeah, is almost just, I mean, come on. Like, yeah. It's like, but, I mean, um, good good for Josh trucking through and finishing that because he got his Kona slot, I think, still. Did he? I'm pretty sure he did, yeah. He's, he's, he still went 10-16 on a tough yeah. day. Josh did. Yeah, Josh yeah. did. That's with the with walking part Pro, of the marathon, right? right? Yeah. 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 Or jo- like a four-hour marathon. Josh has, jo- Josh has sub nine yeah. in him. So does John yeah, Bredesen. I mean, yeah. I've trained with both of them. They, they, they both have sub nine in them. It's just... I mean that that yep. day, J- John Brentonson had a great day. He was, I think, sixth overall amateur. Wow! I mean, just absolutely great. You know, and that was a guy who I just raced at Columbia River and goes out and over that Ironman distance, just he can put it together in the short course and over the long course, he just sticks to his plan very well. Yeah. Wow. It was awesome to see. Impressive. Well, it was fun. Anything else? I don't. Well, there's actually a couple other races to talk about. Do it to it. Go quick. Um, I'm the, out. Triathlon and Tour de France. I'm yes, good. you're good. <laughs> We've lost. Thanks, uh, Evan. Thanks, Evan. Evan's got to go to work. He's got a real job. Wait, does anybody real else have a real job? <laughs> Matt, you kind of have a real job. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what. I don't even know what I'm supposed to be doing <laughs> what anymore. What are you supposed to be doing? There was the Baker City Cycling Classic that also uh, wrapped up this week. It was a stage road race, um, one of the few <laughs> stage road races in the U.S. this year. Yeah. Uh, because of that, it attracted a couple of big names. Heavy hitters. Um, it was won by Gage Hecht, who you may recognize the name because he was the cyclocross national champion last year. Oh. Yeah. So he came out with a few teammates and ended up winning the overall there. Um, it, the, the race consisted of like a 75-mile stage, 11-mile uh, time trial, a crit, and then an 89-mile or an 85-mile stage with like 7,000 feet of climbing or something It was like a brutal that. climb. Yeah, pretty ugly climb. 
And um, I think third place was a local guy um, from Team Oregon. Make sure I get this right. Uh, Sean Hollenbach from Team Oregon got wow. third. So good on them. Nice work. Yeah. Oh, second place, sorry, was Drake Duell. This is another kind of new name in cycling. We may have talked about him a little bit before because he he is a Harvard rower. Oh, yeah. That um, – in his off time, he was riding bikes, and he started... Um, I've seen a couple of rowers turn into cyclists. Yeah, they just have these huge engines. Yeah, they know and, how to train. And he uh, he took second because he, he he he's actually... In his off time from rowing, he started riding bikes, and then he started taking KOMs, and then he started taking KOMs from Phil Guyman, and then he was trying to take all these Malibu Canyon KOMs. He is legit... Wow. He's actually working for Zwift actually right now. He has like a full-time okay. job with Zwift and he was going, you know, he's super smart from Harvard. Anyway, he um he's on his way probably to the world tour. Now, he did that time trial. Granted, it was only 11 miles. 11 miles. He held what? 32.8 32.8 miles, miles an, an hour. hour. Good for the Lord. 11 mile time trial. <laughs> wow. Pretty crazy. Our teammates did well. Um I think uh in the in the Masters 345 field, Mark Lochtef uh, ended up third for yep. the whole Job thing. Mark on the podium. Way to go. Jesse Whitaker won her category. Um, Ian Gibson was third in the 60-plus um, wow. field. Job, Ian. Good job, Ian. Um, all our guys who raced the Masters 1-2-3 field, I think they ended up 10th or better something or, or less, somewhere around there. They, it didn't, they didn't have what they were hoping <laughs> it was a rough race it was a rough race yeah. so they did they you know Hanel did well in the time trial and Surratt did well in the time trial and um Ian did well in his crit but it was it was kind of a they had a hard go yeah so so good for them on going out and do that that's the race I decided not to do because it was going to be too hot and I think that's a good call I did this other race where I got to take a break every half an hour, which yeah. totally helped me. Yep. Matt, do you know anything about that ultra that was done out there by the Bonneville? Western States? Yeah. The Western States Ultra? So my wife went out there and supported one of her friends who yeah. did that. She ran 62 miles oh. on Saturday in that heat. Where was it? Out by the Bonneville Dam. Oh, my gosh. She's 62 miles. It was uh, Katie Gorsica. Um I don't know if you guys know her or not, but she's a local. But okay, so this is a different ultra than Western States is in California somewhere. Oh, this one just happened here by the Bonneville Dam, kind okay. of out heading towards the uh, Bridge of the Gods. Anyway, that was kind of impressive, too. The fact wow. that... And so it was a 100-kilometer race. Yeah, and that's the yeah. one... Well, I think it was a time period, and you could do as many laps, and her goal was to do 60-plus, uh, or she wanted to do the, the 100K. Um, there was other people that actually did 100 miles. And there was oh one gosh. lady that did 100 miles faster than katie did the 60.2 or 62 miles whatever it is which is just absolutely bonkers my wife went out there and supported her though and actually ran with her from midnight <laughs> until like 4 30 in the morning what yeah and that was after my wife did a half marathon that morning as well at like wow. seven o'clock in the morning so i slept great after that yeah she got home at like 5 30 in the morning and slept she actually slept more in that block of time that she did than i did the night before because i just couldn't sleep and then she got home and woke me up and then the tour was on i'm like i screw it just go watch the race oh my gosh so, anyway that's crazy that was i just wanted to say something because that is dumb and awesome at the same time <laughs> it's just not not something that i would ever want to weird yeah ultra running 
to each their own. Cool. Uh, one other big race that happened, the Oregon Trail Gravel Grinder, the five-day yeah. stage race. It was won on the men's side by Peter Stetna. Sounds about right. So um, he he uh, managed to pull out the wind over um, Eddie Anderson. Uh, Eddie Anderson is a young buck from Team Alpeson Phoenix. He is one really? of Matthew Vanderpool's teammates. Wow. And he wasn't over on the tour, and they let him come do this gravel grinder, and uh, he um, he did okay. Third place was uh, Jeff Kabush, so who's the outspoken uh, gravel racer extraordinaire and mountain bike racer. That event is getting some hitters that are showing up, and it's starting to get a little bit of a panache about it. It's, uh, it's it's got a place on the gravel map, right? It does. It's like it's like uh, it's like gravel summer camp. It's like you go camp for a week and hang out with all your gravel buddies and race bikes and eat good food, and it's just super fun. I do believe that that Chad Sperry invited a whole bunch of big names to the race to sure. bring some notoriety to it, and it worked. Yeah, I think it him. absolutely worked. He's building a great event. Yes. Um, on the women's side, it was won by Sarah Sturm, who has won – uh, the Belgian Waffle Ride in the past, and she is the cyclocross national champion in the single speed where she raced in a pair of jorts, and um, she's she's super strong. Second place was Serena Gordon. Third place, no, that's not overall. Where's the women's overall? Oh, maybe, yeah. Third place was Flavia Oliveria, and then Rebecca Faringer uh, was fourth. So. Cool. Yeah, pretty pretty crazy stuff. I believe <laughs> Champ is out. See you, Champ. Thank Bailey. you, sir. <laughs> out. All right, let's do our Patreon drawing real quick. Lance, I'll let you do the honors of shaking that thing up. I don't know if you or Matt wants to pull it out. It doesn't matter. Um, we do a weekly Patreon drawing because that's just what we do because we got people that are giving us stuff all the time to put in there. That's just what we do. Give Winner, Sarah Gates. Sarah Gates. Congratulations. She's been on the podcast before. She has? She Was was she out there doing the gravel? She thing? was not at the gravel grinder, but um, I believe she's with Cycle Oregon, and Cycle Oregon is trying to, to gear up for uh, their Thai Valley event, and so they're trying to get some... Uh, Notoriety for the Thai Valley event awesome. they're putting on. Sarah, you can reach out to us and set up a time to come by and pick something out of the uh, grab bag of goodies. If uh, you yourself would like to be a supporter of the podcast, you can go to dollpodcast.com, click on the Patreon link, and uh, pick a Patreon that works best for you. Thank you to everybody again for supporting the podcast. Appreciate that. How about the topic for the day? What are we talking about? Uh, I don't Race know. anxiety. I was say, this makes me nervous talking about this. Just the thought of it. <laughs> Just the thought of it. <laughs> How about some race anxiety, guys? Get the jits, oh. the jitters. That is a real thing. It's totally real. It is an absolutely, absolutely. real thing. How many times do you go to the bathroom before a race? Four. All. All. Actually, of the times. go to the porta potty. Get back in line at the porta potty. Go back in. Go back out to get in the back of the line. Repeat <laughs> until your race starts. I will say this: if I don't have two good bowel movements before a race i am i do not feel right my head does not feel right if i don't manage <laughs> and and every time i, I forgot <laughs> to go every time i go into the into the porta potty before a race and i have that first like good bowel movement i always raise my hands and i shake my fists in the air like yes it's going to be a good oh my day Lord. <laughs> Your wife must be so proud of you. And nobody knows that. I don't know why I just told you guys that. <laughs> but I have my own little victory poo. 
Congrats. Yeah. <laughs> victory. Even though I there's no victory, it's like the race hasn't even started yet. But it puts my head right. If so, do you still get pre-race anxiety, jitters? I mean, there, there's a bit of a difference between the jitters and, and full-on anxiety. Do you get any of that though before any races? Yes, um, absolutely. Is I there? S- I still do. Um, I did. I've raced 20 times this year already, yeah. so I've raced a whole lot, and it's it's lessened the more races you get. But I always, I always feel nervous and wrong and i I'd, I'd be worried if i lined up on a race and i didn't feel that way yeah i think it would drive me absolutely crazy to be a triathlete because you guys don't do as many vits, events a year so you don't get the ability right. to kind of smooth that out and like oh this is just another race you put so much time energy and effort into building for a race and you go out there yeah. it's just like you're nervous because you haven't done it in a while and this is your one chance well and some people will literally race like two triathlons per season for the like, whole year they'll yeah. just do and it'll just be like like the big Ironman race, and then maybe they'll do another big race, and that's it. Whereas, like my thought process was was always like, I need to do some of these small. I call them smaller races, but they're you know, it's like no offense. I mean, we had our Y Racing friends on the podcast two weeks ago or three weeks ago. Yeah, I'll do some of those races to help the process of like this is the setup that I'll need. This is the process of setting up all these things, like all the little details that helps you keep calm you know, and get into that race atmosphere, it's part of it. It's, I call it racing myself into shape, but there, part of it is getting the setup, getting all the anxiety stuff in check. And I think I've, I've done that for every Ironman that I've done. It works. I would continue to do that. And I would encourage other people to do that. Find some small races. If you have them available, a lot of people in the country don't have like a local triathlon organization to do stuff. They have to travel to races. So it's not easy, but if you can do some, you know, we'll call them like on the cycling world, we'll call them like B races or something, yes. something like that. You might call it, yeah, you know, or C races even. Yep. Do some of those races that you don't care about because you won't be quite as nervous. Is there so. one thing that you? I mean, no, it's a culmination of a lot of different things. But is there like one primary thing that really kind of causes you to have the most stress and anxiety and jitters? You know, sometimes it's people's like failure, failure to perform. Like you just like you have such high expectations for yourself and the fear of not being able to perform at your utmost level. Or there's always the uh, the fear of going out there and, and having to suffer if that's a long race and, and having to sit on that threshold. Or it could be the fear of crashing. I mean, there's a, a multitude of things. Is there like one thing or a, like a you know, something that you kind of put your finger on that, that really kind of drives you crazy the most? Um, f- for me, it, lining up... Like on a road race, my 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 biggest fear is that there's going to be a crash where I'm going to be yeah. injured. Yeah. <laughs> and and I shouldn't I shouldn't worry about that because there's going to be a crash where I'm going to get injured. It's yeah. it there's there's it's going to happen um, at at some point. And you try to do what you can to avoid that, but it's I don't know. What about you, Jake? It's changed a lot over the years. If you had asked me this question three or four years ago, it was probably the fear of not being able to perform at the level and the, you know, just like you set certain expectations for where you should finish. Like if you don't land on the podium or you don't win, it you feel like you're not a lesser person, but you're just not accomplishing what you set out to accomplish. Right. And you know, you if you have certain levels of success, you don't want to lose that you don't want that to slip away from your grasps and and sometimes that's hard for people when you're moving up but then you get to move up and race with stronger people that are ultimately going to make you faster so yeah. there is that but 
fast forwarding to now, there's a big fear of getting hurt. I'm yep. I'm so sick and tired of always hurting, and it's been you know a lot of years now of me kind of just dealing with stuff, and. I, I'm not perfect by any means at all now, but in the same breath, it's like I don't want to go backwards at all because I don't want to dip back into the pools of like right. pain. Those those right. were not fun days at all for me. So th- there's that anxiety there, and then you just add to that just the the jitters in general. I mean, you kind of get those and like you, I don't know, those are kind of fun. And going back to what Matt said, it's good to go do those smaller races to kind of get those out of your your blood. But I haven't. I don't know if I've done a race in. Gosh, it's been it's coming up on two years now. It's I been think a the, couple years. The, the last race I did was the short track race before I cut my hand open before the final. Oh, um, yeah. So I didn't get to do that the very last one. We're getting close to that time, and I haven't raced since. I don't know. It's just it's kind of it, it, there. There's that big like pause in time yeah. of not racing, so you kind of get a little bit nervous about that. Uh, I'm just I don't know. I think that this topic is kind of timely. I figured maybe if we talked about this, it would help me through this. And, you know, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out if I even should be out racing. But, um, yeah, there's a, there's a level of anxiety. And I had major, like, anxiety because I was almost going to go do that race with you um, because of the fact that I knew it was going to be hot and I wasn't going to be doing this camping stuff with my son. I'm like, I could go do that. But then there was that level of, like, I don't know if I should go do a mountain bike race. What if I crash? What if I hurt my shoulder? What if I get into a bad way and then I'm screwed for the entire summer? Maybe I have to go back and have surgery again. Like that all races through your head. So it's kind of a a little bit of makes you a little bit of a nervous wreck. You kind of have to tear the bandaid off yeah. at some point. Yeah. That's kind of what our <laughs> flogging rides were for, for me though. Yes, yeah, that's true. So go out there and mix it up and, and race and Which see. Which I got dropped on this Wh- last week. <laughs> okay, <Thank you>. but <laughs> when you're in the thick of it and yeah. you're in the flog, like flogging ride where you're going hard, yeah. you're not nervous anymore. No, no. Right? Because yeah. you're racing. Yeah, and still... Same, like, same once the starting same, gun yeah. goes off yeah. when you're in a and, race. But it's just getting to that point. Yep. Like, for like me, it's like... a decision to, to sign up for a race. Exactly. For yeah. me, it's, it's stuff that will start like days before a race it's not the morning of it's just like oh i woke up this morning and i'm like a little bit jittery like i'll seriously like my my wife will tell you this too i start getting cranky i start losing sleep i start feeling a little bit overwhelmed i'm a little bit stressed i get distracted easily and like you start to like hyper fixate on things and and you just everything starts to kind of fall apart and it doesn't it's it's not like a terrible thing for me um you know i can keep all of that under control it's not like i turn into this monster not a dr jekyll mr Hyde kind of situation but those are all real things that start to happen right and i deal with them all the time so this is a pretty common thing i think everybody goes through this type of pre-race yeah issues there's you know there's it's almost two different pieces where it's like pre-race anxiety and then there's PTSD which is like you a little bit of that yeah. where you're like I can't handle a crash yeah right like the the race pre-race anxiety I almost more associate that with like I don't you know I'm expected to perform a certain way I'm going into this race yeah. I'm nervous because yeah. I want to do well in this race sure and I think that translates to running races triathlon races cycling races yes you have that same concept whereas the whole like I'm scared of getting hurt is I think very different. I think that that's very real. And that's, you know, what I experienced too when racing cycling races, which I don't do very often, but like, that's one of the reasons I don't do it very often is because like, what's the point? If I go get into a situation where you don't have control Mm. and a group goes down in front of you, like that is very scary, right? Like when you have control of a situation and you, you know, like there, there's a, certain amount of 
you feel like you have some control of the situation. There's less anxiety there. Whereas like if some lady holds a sign out in front of the right. pack and then three people in front of you go down, like, and you're going down, you're like, going down. there's just no, there's no control over that. Yeah. That's definitely anxiety inducing, you know, and it's just in a very different way than I think the pre-race jitters is. So that's a good point. I think they're different. Yep. Um, would you guys then say that the anxiety obviously is worse than the jitters and the jitters are probably a little bit easier to smooth out. Do you guys want to go through exactly what race anxiety is? I got a list of things here. Let's hear it. Okay. So the first one would be just like you're overexcited about the race and you feel scared before you start. So that happens every time for yep. me. You feel <laughs> physically sick to your stomach. That happens at the beginning of the year for me. And you go in there and you poop yourself in the outhouse. Yep. I poop myself out <laughs> and then yeah. I feel better. There you go. <laughs> You have excess internal chatter, and you can't think clearly or calmly. I second-guess equipment choices yeah, course, all the time. Yeah. Do I have the right tires? Do I have the, the right tire pressure? Tire the, pressure. Am the I on the right mountain bike? Yeah. Did I See, put for, the wrong tires on yeah. my mountain bike? You know, I don't necessarily don't. have that necessarily. I, I usually am like, all right, I've done all my training. I know my, my equipment pretty well, and I'm, I, I know what it's capable of. I guess... F- Sometimes, though, depending upon what kind of race, if you're going to jump up into a different category and you don't know how those guys are, then you, for me, I might start to second guess some of my equipment choices, but I think for the most part, I'm, I'm pretty good on that front. Yeah. All right. Um, you are worried about what you might encounter during the race. Um, that's We talked about that. You feel physical symptoms such as increased heart rate, but uh, worry that you are anxious or uptight, but you, you worry that you're anxious or uptight. So like you're worried about that, that the fact that your heart rate is elevated kind of is a... You know, causes this causes cycle your heart rate to go up even higher, and yeah. next thing you know, you're like panic. Then you're worried about that. Exactly. I, I I'll say that sitting on a start line, dead still, not moving at all, my heart rate is like 135. That's crazy, huh? Wow. Yeah, just because I'm I'm nervous and I'm ready to go, <laughs> yeah. and my heart rate will. The check. worst thing they, they could do is hold you on the starting line <laughs> yes, for a long period. That's of time. right. I'm like, come if on. If you want to beat Lance, that's what we're gonna do, guys. <laughs> We'll hold Just him, hold us hold there. Him there for about fifty minutes. Yeah, he'll, poop out. he'll poop out. He'll <laughs> poop out again. I'm using poop out on purpose. <laughs> Do you have it though, seriously, where you're like, even like the day before a race, you find yourself like almost daydreaming about the race, and then just the thought of like like going yeah. through all the stages, and then you notice up. that your heart rate's all like up, and you're, you're like vasodilated and your your eyes are probably your pupils are dilated and you yeah. feel your heart palpating. It's like, do you guys get that? Do I you, I do get that. It's worse for me though. On a race where I have performed poorly, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm like rerunning the race over in my mind, and I don't sleep very yep. well. Yep. Mount Tabor, Be- most recent one. Yes, <laughs> that's a good point because Mount Tabor, I went in and uh, you know I, I'm in this 50 plus race hoping to help out some teammates, and I got dropped in like literally four and a half minutes. I got yeah. dropped. Yeah. <laughs> How about feeling anxious or tight well into the start of a race or maybe even the entire event? Do you guys ever have that? That's not generally my MO, but... No, as soon as the gun goes off... You usually it, feel better. Yeah. For me, I feel better. It's like, okay, it's just whose wheel do I follow? When do I try to go? Who, do I need... Do I? Can I go with that guy? Yeah. Can I not? I guess race tactics take over on my head. Gotcha. How about feeling uh, drained or exhausted before the competition even starts? Sometimes also if you taper, you feel like crap. True. But, um, yeah, it's it can be pretty exhausting. I think that 
we've probably all raced enough that you kind of ignore that kind of feeling. You're just like, meh, I'll be fine once the gun gets going, you get rolling. Yep. And then we'll compare that to like the pre-race jitters, um, just real quick, just so that there's a little comparison contrast. And I think you can see that the uh, the, the pre-race jitters are definitely a little bit more, I don't know, a little bit more shallow in terms of like how much they can actually affect you. Um, you're just feeling excited to get the race started. You're feeling um, up and alert, like physically. Uh, you think clearly about what you want to accomplish, but you're still kind of feeling a little bit like revved up. Um, you're ready to tackle any challenge that comes your way. Uh, you feel your heart beating harder, but you think it's uh, natural and helpful, which is a good thing. Um, when you start, when you start the race, you feel relaxed and you kind of get into the flow of uh, of how you're feeling. And you have energy to keep going until the end of the race. So, like the jitters are almost like a little bit of that 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 pre-race um, fuel, almost that you're a kind bit of amp up exactly. Yeah. Whereas anxiety is like it's a much deeper, it's much, much more deeper. psychological thing. I think loose bowels should be on pre-race jitter list. <laughs> <laughs> should. Should. Why would not? I'm seeing a podcast thumbnail here. <laughs> oh. um, so, how do you guys deal with these things? What are your what are your go tos? Uh, first thing, um, warm up properly. Hundred percent. Yes. Yes. Those couple leg openers. Not only are they yep. gonna open you up physiologically speaking, um, I think they're gonna that that little hit of adrenaline in there is gonna help calm your nerves a little bit, kind of get you like in the zone. So usually forty five minutes before the race start, I will take about twenty or twenty five minutes, and I will poop. Uh, well, that will have happened already. That happens like an hour and a half before and an hour before. And then at 45 minutes, I can start warming up. Oh, geez. <laughs> but but I'll, I'll spin around for 15, 20, 25 minutes. And then near the end of that spin around, I'll do two okay. like hard sprints, like to just like openers, just make sure my legs feel good. Mm-hmm. And I make sure I'm done with that a good 10 or 15 minutes before the start actually happens so that I can So roll. that you don't feel rushed. So that I don't feel rushed. Because that is extremely and this is my recommendation would be like, don't show up to your race late if you can help it. It's worth giving yourself, you know, error on the side of being extra early because yeah. adding that like rush around, you know, we've all been there. We've all shown up late. There's all kinds of reasons why it can happen, but we've all shown up to a race late and been like anxiously racing around trying to get everything set up and get, you know, ready for everything that you need to have ready it's not fun it does not help your it doesn't help calm your nerves anxiety. at all no yeah yeah if you're late plus you kind of want to be near the front of your race corrals it especially it makes a difference in mountain bike races cyclocross oh, yeah. races uh road racing not so much but um anything off road you or swimming for triathlon yeah it's nice to kind of be towards the front yes you don't want to be in the back so you're not swing over the top of smaller you know slower people so yeah so you want i try to finish all that warm-up stuff a good 15 minutes so that i can roll to the start line 10 to 15 minutes before it starts so i know i'm in i'm i can get in the right spot Mm -hmm. for the start i guess yeah i totally agree with that so that's one thing that definitely helps um the other thing that helps reduce my anxiety is having a checklist that I go over the day before the race that I make sure I have everything. Yep. <laughs> your bike, your chain, your batteries are charged, your computer is charged, and it has the course downloaded on it if you're going to be following a course. Uh, you have your nutrition set up. You have your bottles 
filled or set aside. You, you just you make sure you have your right shoes, the right cleats. Just you just have make a checklist so that you have everything I'm going to need for a race. And it's easier for me now because all that stuff stays in my van, yeah. and I just drive the van to the race. But um, it, it's good to have a checklist so that you don't forget something, because we've all been to a race where you showed up and you forgot your helmet. Shoes. Helmet. You're not not racing, buddy. No. Done that before, too. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing that helps is knowing the course and having kind of like some people will do, you know, race course recon and and ride the course or whatever. But knowing what you're getting into just helps so much, right? Where it's like, yes, you're, you know, you that's going to help you choose your tires. It's going to help you choose all those, you know, certain things that you want to choose for sure. But it's also just like knowing what to expect going into that kind of race mentality where you're like, okay, it's going to start this way, and then I can tell you right when it's going to settle down, and then it's like, remember to hit this section hard because, it, you know, the trail narrows, and it's going to be tight through there, and just knowing all that stuff is so much and nicer. And if you can't than, get than there, there's knowing. so much technology that yep, will give you that some idea. He, exactly. Like So mm-hmm. Lance went up and did the, the six hours of Mount Hood this past weekend, and just out of curiosity, he was here, and it said, hey, Google like the six hours of Mount Hood, see if you can find the course so that you can see what it looks like. And sure enough, there was a video that somebody had posted of the entire lap, and you yeah. got to watch the whole I thing. I watched the whole YouTube video on Probably laps. Your, Thanks, Seth Patla. Yeah. Probably uh, made your first lap feel a little bit more comfortable. Well, a little I'll, bit more familiar. Not, a little bit more familiar, but I also went up the night before and I rode a lap. There you go. <laughs> Cheater. <laughs> and then but you've got the likes of like Strava or you know, Ride with GPS. And a lot of times the promoter will provide you with uh, the GPS of the course so you can upload it. Yeah, but you can also go in there and start looking at the, the elevation gains and the yeah. gradients and how long it is. And Did you use your 530 in the um, whatever it's like the the hill splitter stuff? Oh, the, uh, Climber Pro. Pro. Climb Pro. Climb Pro. I did not because... You used your Wahoo. I used my Wahoo because for my... For my race the weekend before the best of both, I wanted. Oh yeah. I did a three-stage race on three different bikes, and I wanted to be able to swap my computer between all three bikes. So I put Wahoo mounts on all my bikes. Oh yeah. So I just never wasn't on the list to change that out, huh? It wasn't. That, <laughs> no, it didn't make it. Yeah. So I didn't use the Climb Pro for this race. I don't know if it would have helped. Well, that's why once you've ridden it once. That's know. why I went and rode a lap. Yeah. The night before. Because I wanted to see where are these hard spots, and I wanted to be able to call my teammate Sean and say, "Okay, this is what to expect. This yeah. is where, this is where the nasty downhill section is, where you need to be careful. This is where the switchbacky climb is. This, you know." And so I could give him all the trail beta before, yep. because he wasn't going to have a chance to pre-ride it. Right. So, do you guys generally put pretty high expectations on yourself? Or are you guys able to kind of talk yourself off of that and maybe just try and go out and ride more for fun? Oh my gosh, not me. <laughs> I put so much pressure on myself to perform. Yeah. I um I I cannot line up at a race and just do it for fun. <laughs> Unless I'm working for teammates. Yeah. It's, yeah it is it is really difficult for me to turn it off. Yeah. Does and that make only, sense? Yeah, only certain disciplines that you have that opportunity. Like in mountain bike racing, you're not really working for team. There might be some camaraderie and there's some teamsmanship, if you will. But for the most part, it's kind of like an every every man for himself kind of thing, right? Yes. So you you can't turn that off. And the same thing with cyclocross. You're not going out there and you, it's really hard to pace somebody. Yeah. Yeah. So you're kind of always on then. You're kind of always on. Yeah. 
But road biking, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, game, yeah. that's a different Teammate one. And I think that's a, a different thing. That's a nice discipline to be able to get into because you can go out there and like you can pour yourself into it for somebody else's victory, and you can share in that because you help them get there. Yes, because it's such a team sport. So, I don't. Know, that that's a, a discipline that I like a lot for that very reason right yeah. there. But I think that there's always a way to find a race and say like this, I'm going to do this race for fun. And here are the things that I want to work on. And, and if you have that mentality going into it where like, yeah, you can say like, I want to work for a teammate, but you can also do other things like, you know, the one thing I want to do is work on technical descending on my mountain bike. Right. Where it's like, it relieves a lot of stress when you just say, I'm not going for the win today. I just want to yeah. work on whatever X, Y, Z. Right. And I think that that, Matra, you know, if you're kind of repeating that in your head as right. your like starting line or whatever you are, it takes a lot of the anxiety away, you know. And there's always a way to do that, you know, until you get to that A race, which we should be nervous about. Right. So that's it's uh, part of it. Yeah, I think doing races too for me with friends yep. in general, just having other people there, Helps. so it lightens the mood. It, it kind of makes things a little bit more fun. I mean, I think we're just really spoiled we've got such a great team of we people do. and when yeah. we show up we've got usually pretty decent numbers of people there everybody's usually pretty good friends with each other and there's just so much that you can lean on there that makes the experience more fun especially when we're out there racing together like uh, like short track i'm totally missing that this year you know because yes it didn't we, happen two years in a row now i'm not getting that but being out there with you and kind of like poking each other a little bit like almost having fun but like say hey get up there go get that guy or let's yes. you know that kind of stuff right there you forget about the fact that your heart rate is redlined. You forget about the fact that your power is going through the roof and you're turning yourself inside out. You're trying to breathe. You're out there having fun with your friends, and that takes a lot of that edge off. Even though when we're sitting in the shoot, everybody's got their poker face on and their heart rate's elevated, and you're waiting for them to blow the whistle, <laughs> and you're about ready to explode with anxiety there. You know, Once that whistle blows, everything changes, and you just have fun. Right. So. You know, every time I pass a teammate, like at these mountain bike races, because I've had a lot of yep. teammates that have been out there, I always yell, jump on my wheel, get on yeah. me. Yeah. And sometimes they hang for a while, and sometimes they hang for quite a ways, you know, but it's, yeah. I, I always try to encourage sure. my teammates, and then I try to crash out everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> and the final bit on this do you guys go through any like self-talk any kind of like uh relaxation or calming mechanisms or talk to yourself any way shape or form you just kind of let it run its course before they blow the whistle and then you know just deal with it i have definite arousal control issues <laughs> lance romance has <laughs> arousal i have i have start line starting lap arousal control issues i tend to go out way too hot i do it every time i do it every time <laughs> and i I try not to, but I just I well I, I would say that there are some people that think that that's okay because you basically you have all that anxious energy that's wasted anyway. You might as well at least go for thirty seconds to a minute. Yeah, and like I don't think either way that energy's gone. Whether you try to chill out, which is not going to work, <laughs> right? Or I think you may just have to come to grips with that first minute. After that, you might work on like trying to self-talk yourself into like finding a pace or finding a Let's groove chill here a little bit yeah but i think that that is okay i think you should continue to do what you're doing Man. Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so for me like usually what i'll try and do is just i i have to recognize what i'm feeling and why i'm feeling it and i have to use that for other things too because i mean still there's to this day there's times where i'm like i don't want to go out and ride on the road because 
because PTSD is fun. Yep. Um, just have to understand what you're feeling. And once you get out there and you start the actual pedaling exercise or start a race, it just kind of subdues and goes away and you're fine. So there's that. And then breathing, like just taking some deep breaths and like just let it go. Yeah. You know, that, that will sometimes help. Um, think about your training and all of the training that you've done and kind of lean on that a little bit and know that you're capable of doing what you're doing. And you know, you're, you're not going to always beat everybody. That, that's okay. Right. You know, not everybody's like fill in the blank speedster guy that's going to go out there and blow up the world. Um, you know, people say to have like positive words of encouragement for yourself. I've never really kind of been that type of person. Like you're great. You're going to do awesome. I'm not that, but that's running through my head all day long. Yeah. <laughs> what would I need? Why would I even need to? Why, why do I need anything? more? Yeah. But visualizing like maybe some past success and visualizing having a good, strong race for sure. me, that's my self positive talk that, yeah. that will help me go out there and have a good race. And if you don't do well, then, you know, at the end of the day, there's always another bike race that can come up and you can train a little harder and get a little faster. Just have to remember those things. So that was kind of my takeaway from this and what I constantly have to remind myself of. Is there anything else that you guys want to share on this topic? Just know that everybody goes through it. Everybody yeah. has that pre-race anxiety, yep. and I, jitters are very common. I think everybody has jitters when you when you cross over to the anxiety um, realm. Just know that You're most not. everybody's doing that too. Most yeah. everybody is dealing with a little yeah. bit of anxiety. It's You're definitely pretty not normal. alone. Yeah, yeah those sure. jitters can be a good thing too. You can harness those. Yeah. It's yeah. when it gets into the anxiety stuff, when it becomes not clinical, but you know what I mean? You're, you're really starting to deal with stuff that's taking away your ability to sleep. Because right. the anxiety stuff, it's not going to be just the morning of. This is going to be like days, weeks, or even months before that. Like, Matt, I can't imagine what you go through trying to build for a full Ironman. You like, know what's weird is um, high school and collegiate racing was so much harder. As really? Far as, yeah, because you're... There's so much more pressure. So much more pressure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like... If you win a state championship or whatever, like all eyes on you to win the next one. Yes. And then, you know, it's like those and you're a high school kid. Like you're just like, I don't I'm going to flip out and, you know, like just get sick into your stomach and all the things. And you can take yourself out of the race really quickly. Yes. And then by the time, you know, by the time you're 40, then you're just like, whatever. <laughs> I mean, it's just not a big deal. Right. Like yes. An Ironman race like. The, what I will remind myself when I start an Ironman race that I really like my little, you know, calming mechanism or whatever is I get to go swim all day and bike all day and then run all day. Like, these are all things I like to do. And, like, right. I tell myself for that, that you know, repeat that kind of stuff. Like, basically the first, I don't know, half mile of the swim, you know? And then you're like, that's nothing to be nervous about. Right. I'm nervous getting into the water. And stuff like that. It, but at the same time, like once, you know, you're in this crowd of some people panic in the water all the time. And I think you just got to be like, hey, good weather today, whatever, you know, positive statements. They're not necessarily like, I'm great. Look at me. But it's like, oh, I get to do all the stuff I like to do. Yes, and right. I think that that's like it is a positive statement. It's just not like necessarily self-directed positivism, positivism. That's that a word? I just made it up. Whatever. Sure. But yeah, no, I mean, I think it's like those sort of things where you're like, oh, this is awesome. I get to do this. Look at, you know, the weather. Look at the, look, I get, after this, I get to go bike for, you know, six hours. Like, right. it's just like, right. you have to remind yourself that you're doing this because you enjoy it. And that helps a lot. That's a good point. Just yeah. takes the edge off. Yes, for sure. For sure. So, Works I mean, to live if, by. if you're racing, right, that'll work for you for sure. You're like, Look at this mountain bike course. I guarantee you, you should try it in your next race. Just like at some point in the first three miles of the race, just say to yourself, look at this course. This is beautiful. And you, look I at promise this place you will, I'm I, you will smile at. 
and you'll race better. And that's a big thing for me is like, I want to race as best as I possibly can. Right. And for me to do that, I need to have the right mindset and the kind of positive, whatever vibe works for me. Might not work for everyone. Maybe if you like, you have a bunch of like self hate on yourself and you just happen to perform better that way, whatever, that's great. That's your thing. But for me, it's like, I need to be in the right mindset. And that is like fairly positive, you know? So the first year I did Rebecca's private Idaho stage yep. race, um, where it, it was, you were on the podcast back then. And so I think talked, so. Yeah. yeah. I was doing a hundred mile race and for 80 miles of that, I stared at the tire in front of me. Yeah. I literally was just hanging on to this group because we were moving so much faster together. I remember finishing the race and, and having some kind of interaction with Rebecca, um, uh, who she said, didn't you think the course was beautiful? And yeah. I'm like, I don't think I lifted my head one time <laughs> during the whole stupid race. I was watching the wheel in my computer, you know? Sometimes I think that's a good thing, right? Where you're just like, man, the, like you were telling yourself, like, this group is moving really this, well. Yes, I was. I'm like, that's this positive. Group, yeah, that's this a positive group, statement. Is, I need to stay with them as long as I can. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess I did go through that. But, yeah, when I went back out and rode part of the course on my own, I'm like, oh, my gosh. This is amazing. This is amazing out here. Yeah. Have you ever had one of those moments during a race where things are maybe getting dicey or things are getting hard or you're just like you're thinking about maybe throwing in the towel or maybe you have to go hard for a long period of time? Like, what do you tell yourself during that that moment? Just out of curiosity. I've got somebody that I wanted to allude to here. (laughs) If I've... This happened to me at the Shasta Gravel Hugger, uh-huh. where I was at the pointy end of the field and I got dropped twice. And I just told myself, "Well, f that. At least I'm, <laughs> at least I'm gonna finish this race." And so I just kind of kept pushing with the measly watts I could manage at that point. I yeah. ended up winning the race because everybody else took a wrong turn, took a wrong turn <laughs> you know, which was just total dumb luck that that happened but um yeah i i guess i i take the route of well this is over you're not racing anymore you're just finishing this ride <laughs> i uh i can't keep up with it anymore but i've i've always asked myself what would handle do <laughs> what would handle do chris handle is like he's always got a smile on his face and he's always positive and he's a monster on the bike and he does crazy things that half of them i would never want to try but i've been in a couple situations where i like like you know, you're going to get popped. What would handle do? Or you've got to go off the front. And you got to hold something for a long period of time. What would handle do? Or you got to do a time trial and you got to hold a certain amount of watts. What would handle do? Yeah, I had the complete opposite reaction that handle does. <laughs> <laughs> Where handle just puts his head down and completely suffers. I'm like throwing the parachute out. Yeah. <laughs> well, I can remember one race that I did a few years ago, the Barton Park, the circuit race, and I went off the front like quarter of the way into the first lap and i held it for the entire race it's like oh, 45 Suffer. or fi- 48 miles and i wasn't supposed to be out there and we were supposed to do some other stuff but i just kept going and kept my head down and just kept going hard and i asked myself like joking i kind of chuckled a few times i'm sure i've told him this before but i asked myself what would handle do the handle would just keep going hard so anyway thank you chris handle we love you so anyway anything else 
just know that everybody suffers from it. Everybody has yep. a little bit of it, and a little bit of positive self-talk and a nice visit to that porta potty will solve a lot of things. <laughs> yep, those are, that's it. Take that's those it. two things: positive self-talk. You don't need anything. Nice else. bowel movement. Those two things will if solve. You take anything from this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Take a deep breath, look around, and remember that you're getting to go play bikes or you're getting to go yep. do triathlon stuff and just have fun with it. So, it's uh, it's all good. Cool. Let's move on. Let's do one last thing. Matt, you want to do one last thing? Oh, you know what I did last week for my video? Because I was traveling and I was doing vacation. I did a, a smaller, quicker video, and it was uh, my tour picks. And um, yep, saw people that. can go hop on there, and they can check out my tour picks that I have, and they can comment on the video with their own podium tour picks. And whatever they happen to mention, they will probably be better than my tour picks, in which case I will send them a free sticker which is the my standard swim, bike, run, rinse, repeat sticker. Nice. Super fun. You guys should definitely hop Wait, on it. Matt, didn't you call on our podcast that uh, Roglitch was going to crash out? Okay, so... <laughs> he didn't crash out yet, but he did lose some time. He crashed and lost some time today. Not well, crashed out, though. He's still yeah, in it. David true. Goodman was the one that really mentioned that, if you remember correctly. He was like, Roglitch is going to crash out. Oh, okay. And then, but then I basically took that and ran with it with my picks. I was just like, okay... You know, if that <laughs> happens, it all around then his. like well, Van Art could potentially be green. Like, he, there's a lot of things that can happen True. if they don't have their guy to protect. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll see. Interesting. It's still, yeah, my picks look pretty good compared to your guys's picks. <laughs> Not too far behind you. Yeah. Got to get then, Lance in the league somehow, though. Then on the um, on our on our online picks or whatever, I'm doing. I've got different stuff. Yeah. Selected like I have Matthew Vanderpool for stuff, and you know that's collecting points. And then I think you can like trade people out. I don't know how it works. I have to ask you Evan can, how it works. You can release somebody, but you lose fifty of your points. Okay. So it costs you fifty of your total cumulative points to trade which out. Has uh, you in second I place. think that's a strategy. I think what you there think is. like so like Julian Alphilippe is one of my guys that I have picked. I don't think he's going to be strong the third week, but I'm going to swap him out. It's a top secret thing. Don't tell. Don't <laughs> it's tell a top anyone. secret thing that everybody knows now. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Julian Alphilippe, Everyone actually, there's a lot of people that like um, responded to my YouTube video and they're like, "He's the guy this this year. He's the guy." I just don't think he's gonna have that third week. I don't. I don't know. I could be wrong. Could he's, be interesting. He's a. It'd be fun to watch him race. He's yeah. a fun still race. in green today too. Yeah. Is he? Yeah. He's still and he's not too far off uh, GC still. I think. Or I'm is sure he's, he's still eight seconds. Yep. Yeah. He's still eight seconds behind Vanderpool. He's yeah. usually pretty strong. Who's not planning on finishing the tour? Oh, really? Yeah. Well, they all have to get ready for the Olympics. Well, most yeah, mostly oh. Vanderpool because he's he's doing he's not doing the road race. He's doing mountain biking. You can you can do all the you biking. Can do whatever the crap you want. It's so good. The Olympics start just after the tour finishes, though, correct? Um, it's probably like a I, week break in yeah, there. Something it's, like that. It's not so. long, yeah. So crazy. Hey, Lance. Fun. One last thing. Um, I got nothing. Nothing. Uh-uh. Aren't you leaving soon? I Where are you going? I'm going to Florida. Oh, yeah, you look like you're ready for Florida. <laughs> <laughs> According to Evan. <laughs> why is it, why do I look like I'm ready for Florida? Scruffy face, you know. Hair's messed up. You got your, you got <laughs> little your sunburned. little sun right there. <laughs> you're ready, sunburned. dude. I'm ready. You don't have your stash anymore. <laughs> stash is gone. I feel naked. What's going on in Florida? Why on earth would you go to Florida? Because it's colder there than it is here? It's a small world. We're going to Disney World. Oh, okay. Uh, and my Brandy's brother lives in Florida. We're going to visit him and his family. They live in Fort Lauderdale. Are your kids working at Disney World? No. They all have but different summer it. jobs. They're all, they're, everybody's taking a week break from their summer jobs, and we're all going to Florida for a week. Brandy and I are driving. 
So we're taking a couple weeks to get out there yeah. and a couple weeks so to get back. We're not going to see you for a long time. I'm going to be gone for like four or five weeks. When do you take off? Uh, like in a week and a half. Okay. So we'll yeah. see you next week. I'll be here next week. Yeah. I think. Fine. Even though we're, that's July 5th next week. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, I don't think we talked about it in the last podcast at the one last thing, but we did put out our video finally. Yes. Garmin versus Wahoo. I it's saw it. It's starting to do it. okay. It's getting some, some it's traction. Getting, it's getting some traction. It's getting a little bit of heat out really? there. Really? Yeah. But it's all good. I mean, because we're getting a lot of good comments. I'm like, this is awesome. I'm stoked on that. So there's that. And then um, I just wanted to kind of reach out. In this past like week and a half, there have been a lot of people who've been out riding their bikes and had the unfortunate um, There's been crash. some wrecks. Yep. Yeah, so lots of crashes out there. And I, I was counting, and there were seven people I know in the last week and a half who have gone down. Oof. Some of them have been hurt pretty significantly, and some of them, you know, not quite as. But still, um, you know, be safe out there, folks. Yes. Yeah. Um, take care of yourself. And for those that did go down, uh, just wanted to send you some healing thoughts and vibes. Um, been thinking about you. I did want to mention um, Edward Dudlick, our teammate. Oh, my I gosh. About that. He did a gravel race, and he said it was like a war zone out there on the, the It road. was up in the Olympic Peninsula area yeah. of the uh, state of Washington. Yeah. The the course, the route, he's like, yeah, I'm kind of surprised that they actually had the, the race go off because there was a lot of stuff out there that was pretty nasty. He uh, he caught a big crater in the road coming into a, a turn on a downhill, and he just couldn't miss it. And basically, his front tire went in, the bars rotated down, caused him to go down oh. immediately, landed on the bar, snapped the bar, the left handlebar at the halfway point snapped. So you've got, like, the hood, and you got the, the drop that's just kind of dangling down there. It broke off. off. There's, he sent a picture. I think it, I saw yeah. a picture. And so in the picture that he posted, though, there was that, and then you see a picture of him getting third place, or the, the, the award, <laughs> and I'm like... How do those two things go together? So he goes down, he crashes, and he's sitting on the side of the road, and he's like, ah, SAG support's going to have to come pick me up. This is done. But you got to know Edward. He's a tough mofo, yes, and he's, he's funny. And he's like, he comes from uh, um, the D.C. area, if I'm not mistaken, yep. and he doesn't take any gruff. He's kind of like choice words and whatnot. I'm sure came out of his mouth, and he's like, F this. He got back on his bike and rode his bike like that for 18 With miles. With a broken handlebar. Yes, just like one side working, one yes. side working. Oh the right side gosh. was working, and then the left side he was just holding on to the nub that was sticking out of the uh, yeah. from the stem and rode to the finish and still maintained third place. That's amazing! Holy cow, Edward! <laughs> that guy is tough as nails. So that, that's good on him. Kudos. All right, I think that's it. Anything else, Matt? That's it. Have that's a good, good week. Stay warm. Uh-huh. Cool. Yeah. Stay warm. Yeah. <laughs> Lance, I'd feel sick just because it's too hot. So hot. It's gross. Yeah. The power's out at our house, Jake. Right now? You're probably out here, too. I'm guessing your house is rolling blackouts. Oh, no. I haven't heard anything from anybody, so check your phone. Yeah, good times. Cool. All right. Well, everybody, thank you for listening. We will see you next week. Bye for now.